0: Hello and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland. where We are devoted to conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. As Sean said, I'm Cynthia Connolly, director of programming at the City Club of Cleveland. And it is my pleasure to introduce our panelists here tonight and moderate tonight's conversation. We are at the Happy Dog in Gordon Square for the City Club's monthly takes on series. And today we are taking on future land, or more specifically, the future of the startup economy here in Greater Cleveland. Over the years, a number of efforts have aimed to rapidly grow Cleveland's network of startup businesses and emerge as a tech hub. Yet equitable access to capital and growth opportunities continues to lag, particularly in BIPOC communities, highlighting deficits in the tech and startup ecosystem. It begs us to ask what can be done differently to leverage the talent, grit and passion of the next generation of Cleveland. FutureLand believes that taking a homegrown approach should be part of the solution. They view their work as not just a conference, but a movement driven by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Today, our panelists will discuss their thoughts on how to make Cleveland a leading destination for founders of color looking to build their startups in an environment where they can thrive. Joining me on stage is Cameron Jones, or Cam. He's the co-founder of Mantra. We also have Sharon Leeper, Creative Director in, uh, of Future Land, and Janice Sarit, Director in, of Community and Employee, Employee, Employee Engagement at MCPC. I thought I was going to mess up the M- MCPC part, but it was the other, the other bit. Um, if you have a question for our panelists, you can text them to 330 541 5794. That's 330 541 5794. And you can also tweet them at the City Club. And we will try to work them into the second half of the program. Members and friends of the city club, please join me and welcome our panelists to panels here today. <laughs> All right. Um, so I want to start off with like a really quick question because not everyone, especially for our virtual audience that may be tuning in, uh, may not be familiar with what exactly future futureland is. I know you just had your first. Uh, conference just a couple months ago, and it was very well attended. Was it 2,200 people? Yeah, d- about that. Yeah, that's, that is amazing. Um, so maybe, uh, Sean, if you want to just talk a little bit about, um, you know, what is Futureland and more specifically why you think it was needed in the first place?
1: That's a great question. So Futureland, like you said in the introduction, is a movement. So it's, it's a movement towards making Cleveland a leading destination city for tech startups, entrepreneurs, creatives, and the like. Um, and also, more importantly, giving them the tools to thrive and to stay here and plant businesses here. Because we noticed that a lot of our entrepreneurs had to leave in order to get the funding or the resources that they needed to Execute their business ideas, and we just understand that Cleveland is fertile ground for business owners and entrepreneurs and tech startups. Um, so that was the need, and that was the desire, and that's why we created Futureland, the conference. So currently, we have Futureland, the conference, which is kind of like the mainstay of what um, of what Futureland will be, but it's much bigger than a conference. So it's a two-day uh, destination event where there's panels. Um, fireside chats, TED Talks, um, entertainment, mixer opportunities, networking opportunities, um, and some unique kind of like tech forward experiences. So that's currently current state where Futureland has been.
0: Yeah, and maybe um, talk a little bit about who um, are the partners? You have some pretty big name partners behind this effort.
1: We do. I mean there's there's a number of them, but more more specifically, we are partnered with the United Black Fund, um, Jumpstart, and the City of Cleveland. So the mayor is behind this movement. He was very um instrumental in its inception and uh, the inaugural conference. So we're really excited to have these partners. All
0: right, and I guess a really quick follow-up to that too is you know, we, a lot of times you go to these conferences, we get really excited. There's some really great conversations. Can you touch on maybe like a couple of things that were like the big highlights of like outcomes and takeaways from that, from that conference?
1: Absolutely. So um, besides just um, the morale, like I think we underestimate how important it is just to have your spirits lifted and to feel hope. Right. And so I think that that is kind of like an intangible takeaway that we got from the feedback from the conference. People were energized, people were hopeful, people, we kind of, uh, Switched the dial and, and made people think about staying here in Cleveland. I would also say that there were some small businesses that got funding. So there's wow. pitch competitions as well, and so uh, a few businesses got a nice chunk of change to start their their business or continue in their vision. So that was a great takeaway. Do you
0: stay in touch with those businesses? We do. We oh do. great! So it's like a little bit of a cohort now. They're just going through. Not 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 quite, but that's definitely a part of future state. Got it. Got it. Um, so, Cam, really quickly, I know that you were um, involved with FutureLand as a contractor, right? You were providing a service to the conference, right? Correct?
2: Right. You're right about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to describe what that is?
2: Yeah, so um, I co-founded a, a tech startup called Montray. Um It's a location-based um, media sharing app in augmented reality. And FutureLand um, <laughs> reached out to us because they knew we had this. Uh, software and they wanted to um put on an art show in augmented reality, augmented reality um as well as a, you know, a normal art show but you could also see art augmented reality and um that's what we were contracted to do to um moderate the content that was being posted.
0: Mm, that's great. Um for that particular forum, I know when we were talking, you were saying about how you kind of went in there, and, you know, did your thing. You know, this is a contract; you have a job to do. But what kind of what kind of opportunities materialized from that conference for you? Uh,
2: a lot of great exposure. You know, uh, we were on the news a couple times. Uh, we were just featured in Cleveland uh, Magazine uh, on the, the February issue. Um, a lot of networking. Uh, people, you know, just interested in our application, getting good feedback, um, and also, you know, just gaining new users and, and, you know, what they would like to see in the app also.
0: That's awesome. That's really great. So it's providing opportunities for the folks that are working with the conference, too. Uh, I want to go over to Janice really quick, because Janice you work in the, the uh, investment side, right?
3: You're you're almost like a sponsor,
0: an investor in
3: the conference. You want to talk a little bit about your role? Yeah, so MCPC was uh, one of the lead sponsors for the event at Futureland. Uh, MCPC is an IT uh, consulting company, so we focus on cybersecurity, uh, sustainability. We focus on endpoint management, so um, there's some marrying um, relationships and uh, um, initiatives that We found in common with Futureland, so we thought it was a great partnership to come in and support them as well. So, yeah, Yeah, it's a great event, too. I was there for for a couple days. I think it was close to 2,500 folks, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. I can't
1: believe I forgot to say (laughs) NCPC. NCPC
3: right.
0: You're here. You're well well represented. Um, So what encouraged um, your company to get involved and invest? Right. I mean, there's a number of things that you could you could invest in and you could focus on. Why Futureland?
3: And we do right? Um, one of our, um, our corporate values is community commitment. Right. And so we felt that this was a great opportunity to put our literally our money where our mouth is. Right. So um, we felt that um, just the energy and the um, objectives of Futureland kind of fall in line with what MCPC is looking to do, which is, you know, keep top talent here in Northeast Ohio. And the way to do that is to provide access, to, to provide funding, opportunities, networking, um, jobs, and yeah. uh, education, right? So Future Land, kind of represented that as well. And we thought it was, like I said, a great partnership because it falls in line with some of our core values as well. So we we thought it'd be a great partnership and we continue to do that. I think it's um, not only this year or last year or this year, but beyond, yeah. right? So we're looking to continue the relationship because as she stated, as Sh- uh, Sharon stated, it's not just an event; it's a movement, right? We're trying to um, make this the norm, right? That yeah. we can get together and produce great entrepreneurs, and then support them in their efforts to uh, put feet to the dreams that they're having. So, and you're in it for the long haul, yeah? Right? Yeah. So, yes. you three three years you've committed? Yeah. So thus far, we've committed to three years. It's it's the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Yes.
0: So that's great. So, I want to move into kind of a little bit of story time um, because I think we all have some really unique and incredible stories. And actually, I want to start with you, Sharon, um, because you're not only, uh, you don't only work for Futureland, but you're also a small business owner and entrepreneur and visionary and and all those amazing words. So, maybe can you like talk a little bit about your story and starting your business, your journey? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I am what I consider a creative consultant. One of my businesses is Perfect Pineapple, which is a retail hair, hair um, and head wrap accessory brand. And that's kind of like near and dear to my heart because it was founded on a promise that I was um, asked to make to my grandmother who died of cancer. And so she lost her hair. And so I started this business creating these wraps to protect you know, her sensitive scalp, um, to make it easier for people with textured hair to wrap their hair protect their hair at night because textured hair folks have unique needs and, um, and, and and length retention and so that's why I created that brand but outside of that my passions lie in all things creative so um, trained in graphic design and marketing um, done wardrobe styling for magazines um, model on the side and also do consulting and creative direction and so when i put all of these skills together i started to get tapped on the shoulder for different creative projects and i kind of formed this creative consultant role or this creative director role where i'm putting these pieces together in a unique way um to service needs of nonprofits or other small business owners but in my journey with perfect pineapple which is they're handmade so the manufacturing piece is a a, Hard piece to figure out, especially if you're bootstrapping and you don't have investment. Also, it's not a tech based product. So it's not necessarily attractive for investors or VC investment. So usually you need to go through Funds and rounds of uh, crowdfunding and just to be, you know, Frank coming from the BIPOC community, you know, when you think of your wealth circle, you know, you're not really sure who you can go to to ask for X amount of dollars. It's a different journey. and It's very unique and very personal. And so sometimes you find yourself in this community coming up against challenges that, um, that others don't and so um, you have to find new ways to problem solve and so that's what I've been doing um, it's gotten some good traction I took a break last year because mm-hmm. of Futureland but um, I'm reinvigorating the brand this year and I'm excited for what's to come with that that's great
0: yeah. Kim let's hear your story
2: uh, the story of how we started my stretch. absolutely uh, <laughs> uh, we started it uh, by uh, me um, my partner, Ike, who's sitting over there, and uh, Stefan Pruitt, we linked up at the University of Akron, just started to talk about different um, different ways we could share media in, you know, a new creative way. And I had cre- created a demo app. It was uh, drawing in augmented
4: reality. And then from there, we just started to build on that. And, um, you know,
2: Montre came about. That's, and it's not really like anything else. what's so it's not like I can say um, it's like Facebook or it's like Instagram. It's um, its own thing, brand new platform. Uh, There's nothing out there like it.
0: When you were going through high school, I mean, was there any like particular classes they gave you? Like, was there anything that like prepared you for that? Where, where did this just come out of the blue? Like, where, where did this interest come from?
2: Um, I've always been interested in anything new. I never want to. Work on it, uh, like work with any old technology. I always something new comes out, even if it's buggy or whatever, I still want to work on it and, you know, just see what it can do. And uh, like Sharon, uh, I have training in graphic design. I got my degree from um, the University of Akron, um, and I kind of concentrated in uh, the web space. And then just from there, just all the new technology had something to do with the internet or the web. And so that's how I just started to play around with different things and um, I really liked what augmented reality presented because everyone at the time when I started working with augmented reality, everyone was talking about virtual reality, but um, I have a problem with headaches and I can only have one of those headsets on for like two or three minutes and then you know I'm laying on the floor
0: in augmented reality is like Pokemon Go, right? Where you like have your phone and maybe like <laughs>
2: Right. Your phone is the window to you know seeing anything in augmented reality right while in virtual reality you have to have it on a headset.
0: Yeah yeah Guys, so I definitely have done like the Target app where like you see this in your room and <laughs> you like right. pull yeah. your phone up and you can see like a couch yep. in your room. So that's that's your jam. That's awesome. Um I want to talk a little bit about um kind of you know you working at futureland right you you're, you're providing this augmented reality you have these apps you're providing the service and and for you Sharon and also maybe you uh, too Janice uh, the importance of being able to contract out to bipoc businesses um i know like for my community for the native community one of our initiatives one of the national organizations i work with Is trying to get more, you know, BIPOC individuals in these positions, in these businesses, growing these businesses. So when we contract out or we put out a bid, we can get some strong candidates back. And as it stands, there are very few, like, indigenous, um, you know, businesses that people can pick from. Um, You know, what is it, you know, what is the state right now of kind of having that? you know, but that, that pool of candidates, you know, to pick from? Is that something that Futureland's aiming to grow and build?
1: I would say that's definitely an objective, for sure, because, it, you know, it's for all entrepreneurs and, all the, you know, the spectrum. However, there we've, we found a statistical need for the BIPOC community to be serviced by this um, initiative. And so I think it's super important to empower um, Montre and other found tech founders of, of color and in the BIPOC community um, because it's just difficult like there's not a running list there's it's not a pool or a plethora of people that we can choose but we actually want to discover or there may be right so this is also a discovery tool to discover who is out here innovative who is out here actually creating things um that we just don't know about because we don't have exposure so this is very much um a vehicle to seek out the 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 new uh and and shiny and talented entrepreneurs
0: so you had mentioned the word bootstrapping earlier, and it, it reminded me of like, what it takes sometimes for small business owners to succeed, um, particularly in the tech industry, because I feel like a lot of folks are quick to jump on, you know, some um, actual storefront, right? And the tech industry, particularly in BIPOC communities, you see a lot of um, underrepresentation. It, it starts in high school in STEM fields. You know, we don't have a lot of, of our kids in coding. Um, that are um, creating these apps, developing these apps, you know, and and not to dunk on anyone, but we see a lot of, you know, push to hospitality, push to like, you know, storefronts, push to this. Um, Where, is there a shift in kind of where we're going with, you know, where we wanna see some of this entrepreneurship, particularly here in Northeast Ohio?
1: Yeah, I would say um, that's why I think this year we have a strong initiative to reach the high school population. Like we have a strong push to reach younger generations through Futureland, also just talk to our community partners and and kind of innovate around what programs do they need? Do they need a coding class? Like what funding do these schools need? What what districts you know need funding? And so that's definitely um, our initiative this year and years to come to just reach younger and younger demographics.
0: Looking more broadly and, and to you as well, Janice, what are some of the barriers you're seeing? Because you're kind of on the HR side, you're kind of bringing in these these skilled professionals. You're contracting out. You're investing in in this in this um, this area. Uh, what are you seeing when you're out there trying to find these these people um, to bring them into MCPC or to contract with them, partner with them? Um, are you seeing any type of change or shift?
3: Yeah, I think it starts, to maybe Sharon's point, I think it starts with um, exposure, right? So when young people are exposed, the earlier someone is exposed to technology or those STEM fields or even steam right to add that arts um, aspect to it as well i think the earlier uh, folks are exposed to that the more normal it seems the more it seems for them excuse me a reality to be a part of Um, so representation definitely matters with respect to who am i seeing out there that is doing what i want to do because is there a space for me and so sometimes the biggest barrier for folks is um that internal barrier of can i do this If I want to do this, will I be accepted to do this? Is there a path for me? And who can be a mentor to me, right? So um, you know, at MCPC, I I was in the talent solutions department for about seven years, so I was a technical recruiter and corporate recruiter at MCPC before I switched into um, director of community and employee engagement. And so some of the initiatives we have at MCPC is we definitely want to reduce the barrier to access um, so we're not necessarily a software company with programming and coding. We focus more on, like I said, cybersecurity, uh, Microsoft, Azure, those type of, of uh, areas of technology, um, which is very important. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um, anyone's gotten the like the fake email from their boss asking them to do an errand, so, like,
3: yeah, <laughs> right? So those skill sets, you know, troubleshooting, uh, you know, hacking skills and and pen testing, those. Those skills are what we're looking for here at MCPC, along with hardware hardware skills, right? So networking, troubleshooting, but then also soft skills as well, right? Can you communicate? Can you critically think? Can you solve problems, yeah. right? So, um, but we're trying to reduce those barriers like you know, transportation or childcare, or um, are you having, you know, is there you know, some mental issues there, right? So we're partnering with folks in the community to kind of, that handle those, right? Like GCP, I don't know if I can name drop, but GCP is a great organization that we partner with, um, that uh, have partnered with other folks right in the community to meet those needs, right? So most of our facilities, we have three here in Cleveland, yeah, uh, one in Grand Rapids and, and, and one in Erie, brick and mortar, but we're located everywhere, right? Our reach is everywhere. Um yeah. but most of our facilities are on bus lines, right? So that transportation is not a barrier. Right, um in, in, in the communities. We're in Cleveland, right? Our recycling facility is in Old Brooklyn, our cyber and, and sales and, and marketing is in Midtown, and then our other facility where we do configuration is in Berea, right? So we're scattered about so that anybody could wherever they're located can have access to CPC. We also partner with CMSD. Oh yeah. Um yeah. you know we have a school of one that is out of our foundry, which is our um um nonprofit that we're affiliated with as well. So um, having them have access to a, an IT company where they go to school for half a day and then they come and work for us or with us for half a day, it allows them to gradually kind of dip their toe in the water with respect to IT. So that, those are some of the things that we're doing to try to just you know provide exposure to get them talking and having conversations and show interest and then get them in and trained and not only planted, but to grow and produce. Right, so that, that's that's kind of
0: initiative. And yeah. for you, Cam, you had been talking about your work, um, you know, starting up your business, and, and you had mentioned that uh, uh, when you had pitched your idea, someone said you were <laughs> too early. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> too we, early for augmented reality. <laughs>
2: yeah, we we pitched, and um, I think they liked the idea. They liked you know the concept, and we already had a product out. Um, but they just said that we were too early, you know, in the augmented reality space for them to-
0: That's here in and Cleveland, right?
2: Here in Cleveland. Yeah, right. Here in Cleveland. <laughs> and, um, you know, it just makes me think about people on the west coast, people on the east coast, when they go to get funding, you know, they want you to be early. They want to be, you know, one of the first people to build out that certain platform that you, you know, your idea that, that you have the idea for. Um, that doesn't mean that just because you have an idea that everybody's going to like it or want to invest in it. But um, there's two things that we know are coming that's not really here yet. One is AI, and the other is augmented reality. And um, the 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 payoff for augmented reality is just tremendous. I think by um, 2030, it's it's. Slated to be worth about two hundred billion dollars or something like that. Um, so, me and my business partners, Steph and Ike, um, we wanted to, you know, make sure we we are in position to get a piece of that somehow, and that's another reason why we came up with Monetra.
0: So, if, you know, talking about some of the barriers, but also kind of opportunities that we have here in Cleveland and. and- some of our assets we have in Cleveland. It, it seems to me when someone tells you that you're a little early for augmented reality, when we we already have apps for that, right? Uh, does Cleveland seem a little risk adverse to you? Do you think they're like less willing to take the risks that maybe the you know the others on the West Coast in Silicon Valley would be willing to take, or would be willing to take?
2: They absolutely are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's not a bad thing though. It's a lot of people that. Um, built their business and are successful by, you know, playing it safe and things like that. But, you know, when you're on the, when you're on the coast, when you're in Silicon Valley, you know, they don't really want the next Facebook. They want the next whatever that you created that no one else has created. Um, They don't really want to, um, they don't want someone to walk in and say, well, this is kind of like Facebook, but this is this. You know, if it's kind of like a facebook then it's probably already been done
0: seems like a little bit of a shark take pitch <laughs> 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 um yeah i mean we talk about being risk adverse and you know i'm wondering like what does cleveland need to kind of change that mentality and start taking more of those risks and is, is futureland part of that solution i'll take that to sharon <laughs> yeah Future, we—that's the goal. We definitely want
1: Futureland to be a part of that solution. I think what Cleveland needs to be less risk adverse is education and exposure. Um, so again, to go back to like Futureland being that vehicle that's digging out talent like Monterey, that's working with partners like NCPC Jumpstart, who have tons of entrepreneurs in their ecosystem, um, working with. Um, organizations like UDF who are focused on diversity.
0: um, I think that uh, that's that's the goal. Yeah. For sure. What are some of the, um, you know, assets that you think that we have going for us here in Northeast Ohio? I think
1: we have creativity, and I think it comes in all different forms and shapes and sizes. I think we have a great, like, traditional arts community. Um, I think we also have just creative thinkers who are problem solvers. Um, And I also think that we do stick together. Once we understand the concept, I think we rally together really well. And so I think uh, when the exposure comes and the education comes, we'll have more opportunities and more movements to rally behind and kind of bolster
0: those folks who are leading the charge. Right. Um, And and feel free to jump in anyone else, too. I mean, I'm directing it to other other folks. Um, So looking at you know, what Futureland stands for. And I, I kind of flipped back through some forms we've had at City Club, and we've been talking a lot about kind of startup economy, you know, the tech industry. Is Cleveland a tech hub? How do we become, you know, the best of the best? Are we the next Silicon, you know, or the Silicon Heartland I've been hearing a lot about? Um, I feel like we've been talking about this for so long, and there's been so many, like, you know, spaghettis like thrown at the wall and something's on a stick, right? Um, what makes Futureland different? And do you think that, that it's, it is different in the next thing and what we've been waiting for after all these years?
1: I just say disruption and um, being unconventional in our approach. I think with our activations, I think with the teams that we're hiring, it's a really for us bias movement. And we and we haven't seen that here. So we're really going into the trenches of current entrepreneurs in the ecosystem in different fields of expertise and getting their opinions on what they want to see. We're not trying to go from top down, but we're going from bottom up. And I think that that's what makes this different. And it also brings a sense of freshness because there's a relatability to the people that we're trying to uh, put in leadership and, and lead the charge. So it's not just myself and um, the other executive committee or founding partners, but it's also the community leaders that the, the business owners that are currently doing the work in their in their field that will be a part of this movement, not just the conference, but a part of this movement
0: as we grow Cleveland as an ecosystem. Yeah, and we're going to get to audience questions here in um, a couple minutes. Uh, just giving you all a heads up, uh, but I want to stick with you really quick, Sharon, because. Um, You had mentioned, you know, that we have these amazing assets, we're innovative, we're great. From the 2020 conference, what are some of the things that have come from that in particular that you wanted that that is just ready and raring to go? Like, what are some of the things that you're focused on? You said education, getting into, into CMSD schools. What are some of those other topics that have come out of the conference?
1: Um, I would say investing, investing in businesses. We really want to get cash into the hands of founders so that they can execute on their business plans. We just want to see these businesses grow. So if we talk about, hey, we want to discover and harvest these founders, then we need to empower them with the tools to actually make their dreams successful. So there's current pitch competitions that are happening. There's conversations of maybe one large pitch competition, um, trying to enlarge the pot of money that we're giving away to founders so that they feel like they actually can really make uh, get traction with the money that they're giving, that they're given, not just like $10,000 here, but maybe, you know, $50,000, like really, truly like empowering these entrepreneurs to build out their visions and then Hopefully bolstering the Cleveland economy so that there's more money in the city of Cleveland to play with there's we understand like what makes us different than a DC or an LA or um, a San Francisco is just the amount of jobs and the amount of money that's, you know, pulsating through the city so we we feel like we have the potential and raw materials to be that in the ideas of our entrepreneurs, but we, we need to, again, we need to put our money where our mouth is. We need to actually empower them with finances and, and investment. So that's a major outcome that we want to see from Futureland, along with working with CM, CMSC schools, along with targeting you know, a younger demographic as we find unique ways to um, place them within the conference um and honestly to have more fun we don't get enough sun we'd be sad okay <laughs> we'd be sad if we call we'd be like oh my gosh i don't want to do anything so we really want to have exciting opportunities within future lands to just get people excited like mingling mixing hey i've never met you oh my gosh i didn't know that you're in the same field as me so we want to create opportunities for that real synergistic energy to happen um to boost morale yeah are we on for 2023? Oh, yeah. When is it? That's why we're here. <laughs> okay. So the date is, well, the dates that we have, October 57th. Um, we are still locating venues. We are in the trenches. We're a lean but mighty team, so bear with us. But it's moving.
0: And um, what can we expect for, for 2023? Kind of similar vibe as 22. Are there any things that we're going to be doing a little differently? Any, any different focus, different theme? i don't want you to spill the beans i was gonna say you're
1: gonna have to go to www.futurelanclee.com and just stay connected i would just say the best way to stay um, in the know with all of our updates is to follow us on social media on our instagram um, on our linkedin page and also just go to the website so i'm not gonna drop the sauce but it's coming it's coming it's coming um, in a real amazing
0: way
4: um thank you for for being on this panel and thank you for coming to the happy dog and talking before with us. you get started there sean let yeah.
0: me uh, let me let me uh, tap the the virtual audience really quick um we're about to begin the audience q a uh for a live stream audience i'm cynthia Connolly, director of programming at the city club and moderator for tonight's conversation and joining us on the panel today is cam jones co-founder of mantra sharon Lieber, creative director of futureland and janice sarat director of community and employee engagement at mcpc um, if you are with us here in person, as uh, Sean said, feel free to line up and ask your question. Um, it also, make sure your question is short, to the point. Actually, a question ends in a question mark. Um, very important. Um, otherwise, I will make up a question for you and hand it to our panelists. Um, just kidding. Uh, or you can um, text it to 330-541-5794. 541 5794 And you can tweet it at the City Club, and we'll try our best to work
4: it into the program. And Sean would love to be able to finish that up. All right. Uh, Well, uh, the question I had, I mean, Futureland was a huge success, the first conference. Um, But could you put in context where Cleveland and where Futureland sits in terms of the BIPOC tech startup community nationally? Like, is Cleveland a leader? Uh, Where are the places where where there is the most activity, do we, do we have an avenue to become one of the the centers nationally for biotech tech startups?
1: Yeah, I think anything is possible. Are we currently the leader? I, I'd say not, right? I'd say that there's other places like Austin, I'd say that Miami is doing some things. Um, And um, of course we have like Silicon Valley. So we have our, our old staples. We are not currently that, but I think we're kind of moving in that direction. This is, this is what the initiative is about. Um, So yes to the potential, um, not quite to the current state.
0: Mike
4: Patterson. Okay, here it comes. Um, Are you, collaborating at FutureLand with, um, I imagine there's a lot of international talent. Are you
1: you focused, is one of your focuses on bringing international talent to Cleveland and having it work with you? I think that that would be a great, I mean, I think so, right? We're in year two uh, this year, so we haven't even completed year two. I think the current focus is the greater Cleveland area. You got to take care of home first, but we're more than welcome, or more than open to welcoming any other partners or sponsors or participants from anywhere who want to be a part of this movement. Uh, but we're truly focusing on on home and, and surrounding areas right
0: now. I think it's important to note, too, that a lot of immigrants are actually, a lot of them, I forget what percent of them, but it's a very high percent, are actually entrepreneurs. They become small business owners themselves. That's a great point. Yeah, and so a really great opportunity to leverage that incoming talent that we have, you know, coming to Northeast Ohio. Absolutely. Yes.
5: So being in one of the oldest demographic areas in the country.
0: Wait, uh, say that
1: again?
5: We are one of the oldest demographic areas in the country. Oh, okay. Like by
1: age. So, yes. Okay.
5: So how do you make this tangible for this population? I I heard you say have fun and some more sunshine. Mm-hmm. But realistically, how do you put this in the hands of the community to drive it? Because you talked about Austin, you talked about Silicon Valley. These are communities where the population of in the population drives it. So how are you going to make or help Clevelanders drive this
0: movement? Actually, Cam, when we were talking on on our prep call, you had talked about kind of Cleveland. We need to get some young people in here. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I think we definitely need to get younger um, because when you're young, you're not really afraid to explore and try different things. Um, while as the older you get the more set in ways that you are um so we definitely need to get younger and have more forward thinkers i also think that we need to um push technology in schools and kind of look forward a little bit more so yeah we need coding in schools now and things like that but we needed coding in schools in 2000 and 99 before this stuff blew up like right now, you probably want to. The, the new hot thing is AI. AI is going to be, you know, taking over um, AI because by the time they become, by the time a first grader becomes a senior in high school, um, the world's going to look totally different. And it's probably going to be because of um, AI. Just and for
5: just clarity sake, I was for clarity said. I was just this in, though, when population declines nobody's having kids so i'm just asking people to deal with us where we are because the, the possibility of getting new clevelanders and younger people and get everybody having kids it's not really happening so i'm the question i'm asking is like cast our bucket down now where we are how do
1: we make this work yeah i was going to speak to that so thank you for adding that that color to that and that context um so based on what you said i think that that's what makes FutureLand so unique, merging the two generations in one place where all of the interactions are applicable. So if you're not in the tech space, how do you make your current business tech-enabled? Maybe you need to do use chat GPT for your emails. That is advancing the current like boomer generation, the older generation. That's giving them a taste of how they can make their current business more efficient and effective. And that's probably something that they could learn at future land how many people know what chat gpt is fantastic oh my you didn't raise your hand so chat, (laughs) chat gpt this is for you all right and so just those little nuances are a way that you can get a piece of this tech economy without feeling like you need to be the next mantra and so that's how we engage our current demographic if they're not having children or if it's not getting younger we just uh, allow them to be more efficient, uh, sharper individuals in the current state. And that's what we want to do with Futureland.
0: This actually, there's a text question coming in that is text that's right along that line. It says, it feels like with AI and chat GPT gaining steam, how does Cleveland startup economy brace for what's to come and not create wider inequities in the startup economy? How can the startup industry embrace this new tool? So it sounds like it's a two part question. So kind of like, if there's already disparities in startups and BIPOC communities, then um how do we not make that worse with access to AI, access to tech? I know there's some communities in Cleveland, right, that have uh, very little access to Wi-Fi, to cell phones, to computers. Um, how do we you know embrace, you know, make sure that the startups in this in this area aren't falling behind? But also how do we leverage this NASA? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I think you had something to
1: say so I want to jump real quick, but um I think through education. Like, I think if we understand that ChatGPT is not gonna widen the gap, but it's gonna shorten the gap, um, that would be the way to look at it. I think it's positioning, like, and using it in a way, using technologies in a way that it actually gives you a little bit of an edge so if you are a minority business owner or a BIPOC business owner and you don't have the budget to hire an intern, you can use ChatGPT. Now you're saving money and you don't feel behind because you don't have payroll and you can't hire an intern or you can't hire a marketing expert. Um, if you need to write a resume and maybe you feel like you can't spell, like let's be real. Let's, maybe if you feel like you're below um, the... the uh, what is it, the reading comprehension level or you're not sure, you can leverage things and we're just using chat GPT for an example as a, as a tool to bring you to the playing field. So I think it needs to be, we need to look at technology not from a scarcity mindset or be intimidated, intimidated by it, but we need to be creative and that's what I believe Clevelanders are and use it in a way to leverage
3: uh, opportunity and advancement. Can I go back to the uh, another question or the previous yeah, question about... Um, you know, the population declining, because we can also, just for the folks with the gray hair, because I got a little bit up here in the front, we can invest in older people. Like, there are, from, from as a former recruiter, um, there are many people out here that are transitioning into into new careers, right? So I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to just leave those people faster, right? There are many people here in Cleveland that um, are looking for a new career, right? They've retired and for whatever life circumstances, maybe kids are coming back from college and they can't find a job, or maybe you know uh, a spouse has passed away and they have to go back to work. So there are many, 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 many people here in the community uh, that are past uh, whatever the young age is. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that cutoff is. Um, <laughs> But be, be careful. Be careful. Yeah, I don't know what the cutoff is. You tell me I fall offline, you tell me. Um but but investing in in all folks. I mean, especially if the uh, population is declining, we don't want to leave anybody on the sidelines because they they don't meet a certain criteria, right? I mean that's the problem, right? People are people are on the I gotta thank you in the audience here, right? I think that's part of the problem is that people have been marginalized based off whatever characteristics you want to name. And that's what FutureLed is about, is is reducing that marginalization and coming together as a people group and saying, how can we successfully create our own ecosystems to be creative, to be expressive, to be um, um, the groundbreaking force to take us to that next level, right? And so I don't want to discount anybody. Um, I want everybody who's interested in IT to... Um, to raise their hand and say, what do I have to do to get there? If you know I'm, my kids are talking about this or my neighbors are talking about this, what does it mean and how can I invest? I mean, with, with, with TikTok and YouTube, anybody can learn anything if they got enough time, right? And so I don't want to discount people that are already here in our community. Um, so I just want to go back to that. And also the great resignation.
0: I mean, it wasn't just young people leaving their jobs. It was, it was,
3: mostly, a- people, it was mostly people yeah. that were like five years out of retirement saying, you know what? I'm done. I yeah. got Enough in my four hundred and one k. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. You know, do something different, right? They wanted to transition. It wasn't just quitting. It was like I'm gonna do something different because I have reprioritized. Um, my life and I understand what's important now. I've always wanted to have my own business yeah. I've always yep. wanted to go travel and do something. I've always wanted to partnership and do things. So um, don't discount the Those are the fresh batch blonde entrepreneurs blonde. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean what did KF didn't the guy start KFC uh, when he was like 60 years old or 70 years Arnold old Sanders Yeah, Carter Sanders <laughs> he started like 68 you know? Wow. Um, That's That's yeah, so anything's possible if you have the vibe and the initiative to, to do it so Next question. The
4: uh, emphasis on technology is important, but uh, there are many, many businesses fail because no one knows how to manage business. Business management, uh, marketing, uh, finance, not acquiring money, but keeping the books properly. Um, You need a really good, solid core of people who not only have those skills, but have those skills that work in a technological environment, technological enterprise. Uh, I moved here in October, so I'm not a, I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm wondering, is there a cadre of adequate management in this community to help folks once the initial excitement the first two, three years where everything's
1: just wonderful and then suddenly they discover they don't know how to manage their payroll systems? Yeah, great question. So that is what um, we're doing in building Futureland, the movement. And so those educational portions and sections of Futureland will go over finances, investment, will go over operations. And we're also partnering with organizations like uh, Tri-City Corporate College to kind of potentially um, leverage some things that they're doing with the entrepreneurship center that's kind of new and up and coming that speak to um, specific tracks that speak to exactly what you're saying so financial track how do you do it from end to end if you're just starting a business what do you really need to know what type of tools do you need to have um, do you need an accountant do you need to hire a lawyer like what do you need to do so all of those basics and fundamentals that make business owners successful um, is, is a major focus as well so thank you I
2: want to say also um that's one of the reasons why we need capital um in the cleveland area because you know i know like us us Montre um once we roll out this new piece to the app you know we're going to need uh, moderators we're going to need accountants and we're going to need um a legal team you know just if you want to get an an accountant and pay them you know fair you know 80 90 $80,000, $90,000 $80,000, $90,000 a year, and that's probably on the lower side, um, you know, where are we going to get that money from? Uh, that's only one person. And um, I remember a few minutes ago, um, I think Cynthia asked, you know, what makes Cleveland different? And I think one thing that people overlook about just Ohio, period, um, is just basic stuff like the cost of living um, It's really cheap here. That could be, if you have a business, um, that people want to work for, you could go and get, you can go out and get someone from California or whatever. And it's like, you know, you don't have to pay $10,000 a month for an apartment out of here. Um, and another thing that's good about, um, Cleveland area and Ohio is, um, there's no real disasters that happen here all the time. You know, you don't get earthquakes, you don't get hurricanes,
0: um so
2: talking about the
0: browns
2: that's that's actually another part of this area you have three
3: main sports teams here if you like sports and you want
2: to get involved in and in working in, in the sports industry you have the indians the cavs Guardian I'm the guardians oh, okay. guardians <laughs> you know so you been here a Guys, the Guardians, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the Cavs, and the Browns, and even on a lower level, you have the uh,
0: monsters. The monsters, yeah, yeah.
2: right? So, I mean, that's a that's a lot. It's
0: a great opportunity.
4: Right. All right, I'm going to exercise host privilege and ask a second question, <laughs> and make it a long one, but there will be a question mark at the end. So one of the things i'm doing in addition to selling hot dogs here is i'm I'm working on a hospitality sector recovery initiative over at fund for economic future one of the things i see in austin seattle and san francisco is the music came before the tech austin was a music city and south by southwest was a music conference before they became tech cities and tech conferences and when i look at cleveland yeah we're a music venue The most successful music that comes out of Cleveland comes out of the black community. That music is by far and away outperforms the underground punk stuff that that we're doing here. What's the opportunity and how are you thinking about taking advantage of that connection between tech and the creative side? Now, you, you, you were able to do the art and the augmented reality for the conference, but in terms of music, um, is there an opportunity there based on the talent that we have here? And is that something that you consider or are you willing to add to the mix?
1: I mean, that's amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. We actually did have a concert last year, um and we actually grabbed Jade Nova, who's homegrown from here, uh, Duran Bernard, and all of our talent was from Cleveland. and it was r and b and a little bit of hip hop as well. So thank you for drawing that connection. We do. So, Um, If you guys are not aware, Forbes will also be here in October, and so we are kind of positioning ourselves along, you know, in in that vicinity in that time frame, and they have, they're planning to do a major, major concert, so we are debating if we're going to have a concert, Um, but we do consider the music and the arts sector of entrepreneurs is a significant sector of entrepreneurs, and We're excited to figure out how we're going to bring that in this year. But last year, we did incorporate that. And we incorporated that through our ART show, our augmented reality show. We had DJ uh, DJ Homegrown. She's really, really good. And um, we had the talent for the concert. So, yeah, we will be thinking about that. But I'm glad you made that connection.
0: I had a a question um, come in a little bit earlier. And I'm going to kind of add to it because it was about um, uh, the word grit. Um, that, we, that is used a lot as entrepreneurs, right? Um, you're expected to be gritty. You're expected to self-sacrifice. Put in those hours, right? You know, everyone's <coughs> talking about, oh, I was up till whatever. I mean, I'm pulling 60 hours a week, but it, no, it's the hustle. It's the grind. Um, the question is, there's a fine line between a hustle and grit versus not receiving the support that you feel you should be given to make startup life easier and equitable, so, the question that was given to me was, what would have helped you stay on the productive side of that line? So you could spend time with your family, I'm assuming, right? And, and, and do the work that you would like to do. Yeah, do everything and, and get the support you need. Where do you think that line is, and how
3: do you think they can be better at it? I mean, I'm not an entrepreneur, but I would just say, um, you know, uh, it, is, it is hard. You do have to grind because um i mean america was was is a place where with the right access and opportunities um you can you can make your dreams come true but the challenge is is um how do you make those connections right how do you get a seat at the table to um have access to those funds right and i think with respect to you know what you're talking about here it's that's, that's the challenge, right, is how do you um, survive? And I think to Sharon's point of people that are already in business partnering with those up-and-comers, it's almost like as they're moving forward, they're reaching back and helping that next generation come up. And I think that is probably one of the things that's maybe missing, um, or um, not necessarily missing, but needs to be on a bigger scale. Of folks that have already been successful, like you mentioned the music, I'm thinking like Kid Cuddy. Yeah. He was, you know, I'm not trying to put him on blast, but he's a very successful artist. You know, um, can we partner with him? Or, you know, there's a lot of stars that have come from Cleveland and have made it successful in that community. Um, how do how do they come back and help and assist and partner, right? I think a lot of times um, that could be an avenue of funding and partnership that maybe we haven't tapped into or hasn't been tapped to explored and explored and, and maybe it has been. I don't know. Again, I'm not an entrepreneur. I work in an IT company and, and you know, but um I think it's a challenge because it is a sacrifice. You know, you're putting your dreams on the line, you're putting your time on the line. It takes it does take grit, It takes time. It takes focus it takes sacrifice. But that's why we that's why funding is needed so that it doesn't become so detrimental that you lose your mental health, you lose your family you lose your confidence and then you fail, yeah. right? We, we, we want people to be successful, which is why Future Land was, was created, right? It was just like, hey, we have all this energy. We have a dollar and a dream, but we need more than a dollar. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. so. And I think I can speak to, to burnout,
1: you know? Like, I think that I've definitely experienced burnout. Like, I spoke to just kind of putting my my own, you know, business on hold, um, just to reevaluate. So I would say my own personal evaluation is, having a clear vision of what you want to do and then setting boundaries and sticking to those boundaries and learning to trust yourself that that you'll stick to those boundaries but like you know jesus saying like you can't avoid the grind i mean you just can't avoid it it's your baby it's like having children if they're hungry it's just like oh i'm tired you can just be fine go to sleep like you can't do that um but i think that you can have a clear enough vision to where you can put parameters and guardrails um within your work day or within your work week where you just take time for stuff. So I think it's just the manage the management of boundaries and priorities and realize and just and really so- always self-assessing like what's your definition of success? Is it reaching a monetary goal? What are you willing to sacrifice for it? Is that actually healthy? Get into therapy. I think a lot of that, that question is a lot of like, um
2: Self-care, mental health care kind of helps you protect yourself from burnout. I think also um, going back to like that fine line between hustle and grit. um, I mean, if you look at any successful business owner and, you know, some of the best ones, even some of the worst ones, they're all sacrificing something. They're probably not probably, you know, if you read stories about them, they're terrible husbands. They're terrible fathers um, because they put their life on the line for that for that business, and it's a price that comes with it. If, if you're gonna, if you want to get to a certain level, if you just think about it, there's only 24 hours in a day. And coming from my perspective and my business partners' perspective, we all, you know, work because we have to fund this business somehow. So you have eight hours at work. Now you're down to 16 hours in a day. And, you know, really you can count 10 hours for work if you want to count getting up, driving there, coming home. Um, and then you want to say eight hours for sleep. Now you had 18 hours. You only got six hours left to do whatever it is you need to do between family time, free time, and working on your business. So something has to give, and sometimes it's not what it has to give. It's not, you know, pretty. Um, But sometimes people have to do it to sacrifice, and that comes from sometimes, you know, not coming from a family with money, so you can just automatically have a pool of money to hire people to do things or maybe not having access. Some
0: investors get that, though. Some entrepreneurs get that family money, right? Right? Yeah, they do. and, and I think that's where we see a lot of disparities in the startup industry, particularly in Cleveland, where you have, you know, someone who's in the community who wants has this brilliant idea, but, you know, they go pitch it and they're told, oh, you're too early, you know? <laughs> um, We're
2: going to make them regret it. So. I
0: know. Right? If you could wave a magic wand, though, Cam, what would be the way that, you know, this this startup economy in Cleveland could better support, you know, your family and you and your, your colleagues in this fight um, so you don't have to Hit those, you know, grind with that, you know, because there's some people who, frankly, don't because they they have a position where they can, they have that that safety net support already. What's what's that, you know? If you wave wave, wave a magic wand.
2: Man, if I could wave a magic wand, I think it's it's not, um, it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. I mean, you need, you need capital. I mean, you need money. If I want to hire you, Cynthia, if I say, hey, I think you are a great marketer. Can you come market for my trade? Are you going to come do that for free?
6: Mm
2: -hmm. Or exposure. (laughs) 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 You can't do anything without the capital. You can't.
0: Period. we're going to do
2: one more question and
6: then wrap it up. Hey, guys. my name is Thomas Fox. I run an organization called Great Culture. supports supports uh, art, culture, entrepreneurship in Cleveland. Um, and I love, love, love uh, Austin, Texas, and South by Southwest. And I saw this thing uh, come up, and I came to Futureland. It was super cool. Um, but uh, there is something to, when we all talk about ecosystems, There's no, like, one organization or one thing that's going to actually do all the things that need to happen. You go go down to Texas, and South by Southwest is going on. There's massive amounts of corporate money that's pouring in and pouring in. And, and, And Sean was right. That started out in the art sector. It's not in the technology sector. It started out as a film festival, then grew into they just decided to make Austin, Texas, the live uh, music uh, capital of the, the, like the council decided, and they're just like, we're gonna, do, we're gonna own live music. So this cultural festival explodes, and technology, we actually had it at the same time in Cleveland, uh, when South by Southwest's uh, interactive started, some people were into it, like, oh, we should make a technology festival. That's the birth of Ingenuity, which is no longer a technology festival that's happening here in Cleveland. And we, we to be perfectly honest, so this is not even really a question. I'm going in. I, there is a question here. I promise. Um, when you go into Texas, there are people with newsletters that are covering the scene. There are, like, Facebook groups that are connecting all the startup founders. There are... Um, like coffee shops and these like, there's a massive, there are hundreds and hundreds of organizations. Some of them are pillars that have no connections. I'm curious from each of you, what do you think are maybe the top three independent things going on in Cleveland that are supporting a healthy ecosystem? That aren't future land, they're just people that are here that are doing a really cool thing. It could be part of one what, what of the things that you guys are doing. I'm just curious what your opinions are on what's working in this ecosystem.
3: Maybe for time, one each. <laughs> start with you. Yeah, I'll I'll start just them on the end here. I would say um, uh, political backing, right? So having maybe something at the legislation, a legislative um, area, right? Mayor Mayor Biff was at Futureland and his support. Um, there was a lot of media down there. So to your point, I I didn't catch the gentleman's name, but to your point, more exposure of what's happening because that little spark can start fire, right? And I think that's what you were kind of getting at is that it wasn't just one group or one entity, but it was the coffee shops. It was the schools. It was the music venue. It was, you know, all these different people that were catching fire from a, from a desire to be engaged with the community. So I think, I think, um, I, mean, I only had one thing, but I'm, I'm gonna say like getting, getting, you know, polit- i won't say politics, but getting like uh, government behind it, um, you know, just with maybe with respect to the funding, right? Because a car can be as pretty as it wants to be, it's going nowhere if it doesn't have gas in it, and and cash equals gas. And I'm or there. electricity. Or electricity, <laughs> but I'm old school, so yeah. I would say
1: the work that and I, I was sitting here trying to think of the name and he's going to kill me but the work that quentin james and stephanie james are doing to elect um black officials and i cannot remember the name of the organization i can't believe it escapes me but the work that they're doing to elect like black officials all over the united states is phenomenal they just had they have concerts like they had Nas perform like they're throwing um influencer di- brunches and and dinners and, and you know, rallying together, you know, people and, and officials in the city to just promote diversity um, and the things that matter most, which is our lawmaking and our our, our judicial system. So, um, yes, I might even give that name to you when I when I remember because that's a, definitely an organization that's doing phenomenal things and should be supported. Collective pack. Collective pack. Yes, and I love collective pack. Collective pack. Collective pack. Collective pack.
2: I think um out here we have a lot of creatives. Um but I do want to say one thing about um when the guy was talking about Austin, and I think we have to be careful uh, to not try to copy one for one something else that someone has done. We need to make it our own. Um it goes back to just you know what we were talking about with Montre, you know, you know, we can't compare it to anything else because there's nothing really like it. Um, and I think that people like that. Once they catch on to, hey, you're copying off on this or that, it kind of turns people off a little bit. Um, and I think we have enough creative people here to take some of the things from Austin or San Francisco or Miami, and then put our own spin to it and remix it to however we want to do it and what makes it work here. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Friends, our panelists, thank you so much. is part of the City Club in the Community Series, sponsored by Bank of America. Thank you so much for their continued support of uh, Happy Dog and our other um, in the community series. Uh, Be sure to join us back at the City Club on Wednesday, March 15th. We will have executives from Detroit's Eastern Market, Cincinnati's Finley Market, and Baltimore's Public Markets, Um, and they're going to be joined by Cleveland's Mayor Justin Bibb for a discussion about the history of public markets and the roles as community anchors and business incubators. Um, so, I think it's very relevant for the, the crowd we have here. Um, it will be the first conversation in the seven part series uh, hosted by the Cleveland's West Side Market, and it'll be hosted across the city. You can learn more about this forum and others at cityclub.org. And thank you once again to our panelists. I'm Cynthia Connolly, and this forum is now adjourned. <laughs>